welcome to Bunta Vista episode 293. I'm Theo, and I'm here in a second, even more disgusting part of the Turd Factory. No, I don't. I don't think that you are. Hey? No, I... What? Well, I believe it. I believe it. No, I don't think we have to be back in the Turd Factory. <sighs> I don't think you have to explore further parts of the Turd Factory. I think we... We covered all of the ground of the Turd Factory in the last Turd Factory intro. It's playbrill. <laughs> it doesn't, doesn't uh, sound like we covered it all. It sounds like Theo's <laughs> got a little more. No, I don't think that's necessary. Oh, Is it one of the sub-basement right. levels? Or? There are no other parts. We explored all of the areas in the Turd Factory, the whole turd factory. last time. We covered every possible bit of comedic ground that there could be in the Turd Factory, I think. All right. Mm. Fine. All right. Uh... I'm Mike Whitney, and this is Gladiators. Uh, for those of you just joining us, there has, of course, been some form of clerical error on this episode. Now, contestants are, for some reason, battling against the female gladiators tonight. Uh, I'm here with Andrew. Uh, Andrew, you've come away from all four events with zero points. It really seems like your mental state is in a kind of total collapse out there as you bounce between agony and ecstasy with each new blow delivered by our gladiators. How would you describe your performance so far? Uh, I would actually say that I am at complete peace with myself right now. Uh, <laughs> I am achieving a state of, of total serenity as each large sweaty foot tramples down upon me. Uh-huh. I've, you know, mm-hmm. you re- like you've got to suffer to reach enlightenment for a start. Yeah. Yeah, uh, finding that inner strength, just digging in those reserves. That's what uh, Gladiators is all about. I'm Mike Whitney. Um, <laughs> and at the end of that round, it's, so Delta had your head between her thighs and she was yeah, like she squeezing did. it so hard that it looked yeah, like your was. head was going to pop. Sort of one eye was sort of on the way out of its socket. Uh, I know, and you were just disappointingly, screaming, do it. Disappointingly. Yeah, what do you think went wrong? <laughs> It's uh, like like Rorschach at the end of Watchmen. Mm-hmm. Just <laughs> do it. Yeah. <laughs> well, Captain Millennium or whatever. Yeah, the ref looked really uncomfortable. <laughs> Mr. The ref Universe. did not know which way to go. Who to disqualify? <laughs> you know. So funny thing. Okay, this is a fucking <laughs> Berenstein Bears moment. Mike Whitney did not host Australian Gladiators. <laughs> he hosted okay, Who Dares Wins. I don't think this is a Berenstein Bears moment at all, that I never thought that Mike Whitney hosted Gladiators. What? No, uh, I, both, I was writing this and Caitlin was like, are you Mike Whitney? And I'm like, yes. Did you know he didn't actually host that? He was just the referee. Huh. Yeah. 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 Right. yeah. Anyway. Oh, Hold on. Oh, just the referee, right? So he wasn't. Yeah, he was so. just the referee. But anyway, we're gonna just keep. We're just gonna push on. Uh, we're we're here with the fan favorite tonight as well, Ben Da Baby McClay. Uh, ben, people <laughs> love your catchphrases like "I'm Da Baby" and yeah. "Where's my mummy." Yeah. Uh, still no points either, though. How are you feeling out there? I'm very scared. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm so vulnerable. Oh, anyone could trample me at any time. Yeah. I'm an adult baby in Australian gladiators. <laughs> and everyone's been wondering whether you'd keep your outfit on the whole way as well, uh, which is a little sailor's outfit with a big lollipop, but you have. What's your thinking behind that? What's your what's your strategy? Well, obviously, most people would associate the sailor's outfit and the lollipop with someone that is of at least toddler age, um, which is confusing given that I am the baby. Yeah. Uh, but I really wanted to convey that not only am I weak and vulnerable, I'm also a little bit fancy. Yeah. 
Yeah. And you're old enough to understand what's going on out there as well. Yeah, to compromise while I'm getting my melon squished. Yeah, I think the important thing, you, you want the costume to, to give off the understanding that you are not street smart. Like, yeah. you, ha- you have not yeah. scrabbled your way up from the gutter. You know what I you... find interesting about all this? Yeah? Is that, um, so in the, the television program Australian Gladiators, mm-hmm. no one was ever introduced by their full name. There was just the nickname that they were given, Vulcan and the, all the rest. Yeah. But yeah. also in these intros, we never really introduce each other by our full names either. No. We just generally just say a first name because that's yeah. enough to identify us. What are we going to say? I'm, I'm, you know, Theo and all the rest, a podcaster. No, Oof. you don't want to do that. You don't have here's to say my, all the Here's rest. my People... email address. <laughs> <laughs> but you've chosen instead of just going, it's da baby, it's Ben. You did say specifically Ben da baby McClay yeah. as if you wanted to even more. That's your stage it. name. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I'd argue that I'd argue that in the scenario, search, I'd argue that search <laughs> metrics gone as well. In this scenario, Theo is Mike Whitney. Uh, I'm who am I? I'm just me, right? Yeah, you're you. You're Andrew <laughs> Law. I'm, and I'm Andrew squished. Law being being stepped on by some large ladies, and you are Ben McClay entering Australian Gladiators in the nineties. Yeah, and when they say, yeah. "Do you have a nickname?" He's like, I got one geared up, yeah. popping it on oh, the I'm form right now. I'm the baby. Yeah, but I'm also me. And make sure you put my full name down. So I am me in this scenario. Yes, but I don't yeah. know if we want, like, do we want to get into the specifics of whether or not you are your current age in the 90s or that you are the age that you would have been in the 90s? Well, what year is this airing? 1997? Go oh, with. I would have been seven years old. Yeah. The baby. Not old enough to play... <laughs> Deus sex yet. No. Not not old enough to get your head kicked in on Australian gladiators. I'm I'm probably old enough to play Total Annihilation. They're probably played any of those, but I sure picked up the boxes when I was yeah. at Harvey Norman and I yeah. looked at those and I thought, wow, total annihilah annihilah. This looks cool, whatever this is. Oh, nothing like the uh nothing like the bargain PC game crate. At Harvey Norman. Yeah. Villainous Australian retailer Harvey Norman. Yeah. You know Kids these days wouldn't understand flipping through a bargain bin where you get a Red Ant branded classic games PC game for nine ninety five. Yeah. Elder Scrolls three Morrowind Red Ant Edition. They wouldn't understand. Pick up, that. A, pick up a Gravis gamepad to play that on. Mm. Yeah. These days it's all uh, these days it's all I'll I'll simply download it on TikToks. Steam. How about that? Yeah. Oh, it's a Steam sale. Yeah. You sound insane. Oh, you guys realize Steam that is you, free. You're paying money and you don't even get a CD that can be ruined stopping you from playing the game. Yeah. You're missing out. I'm Mike Whitney. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think you're Mike Whitney. <laughs> Start saying that. Bro, to I've been meaning to ask. Are you Mike Whitney? <laughs> also, was Who Dares Wins originally an American program, or was there an American version of Who Dares Wins? Yeah. It is. A, it is an Australian adventure game show. Oh man, because it's. I just. It's such a specific time capsule of Australianness that I really feel like if you were trying to give someone a primer 
on what Australia is. Mike yeah. Whitney going to like a Westfield somewhere. He's at Westfield Hornsby and he's talking to a guy named Brody who's 22. He's an apprentice boiler maker and he's at the mall shopping for um Nintendo 64 games and Mike Whitney comes up to him and says, "Oh, yeah mate, you look like you're a bit of a good sport. Oh look, I've got um I got $20 here." Well, you put your head in this box for twenty dollars. There's a scorpion in there, mate. Oh no, nah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't dare. No, nah, you 20. would. Go on. You, uh, would. you got. A, I see you've got a lady with you there. Uh, I think she'd what be pretty reckon? impressed if you um if you put your hand in the box with a scorpion, mate. Twenty dollars. Yeah. That'll buy you seven beers because it's nineteen ninety six. Show them that, and then the full frontal version of. Who dares wins? And I think you've probably got Australian culture kind of all scooped up in a little yeah. bucket. Yeah. That's perfect. Um, so I'm just thinking about uh, who dares wins and it's fantastic low stakes <laughs> compared <laughs> to a so lot of other good. TV shows. It was just right, literally, so, it's like a guy pulling one note out of his wallet. <laughs> oh. It's so cool. It's so cool. All right. So if, if you are not Australian, you're, if you're listening to the show, it's possible that you're from another country. Congratulations. It's actually likely. Yeah. It's more likely than not. Or you were born in 2001. <laughs> well, that's fucked up. That could yeah. be right. Awful. Uh, so the main focus of each episode of Who Dares Wins revolves around a dangerous stunt of some kind. An unsuspecting contestant previously nominated by a viewer of the show. Oh, you're in trouble. Is ambushed by Whitney <laughs> and dared to partake and complete the stunt successfully to win a major consolation prize. Major consolation prize? Huh? If you die... Right your okay. family gets a big payout. It's usually, the prize is usually a holiday and spending money, all right? You're going for three days and nights on the fabulous Gold Coast. That's that's the vibe <laughs> yeah. I'm picking up here, right? Surfer's paradise. <laughs> yeah. Can most, you believe it? Most of the runtime of a typical episode is devoted to the preparation of the stunt and training the contestant receives. Often the stunt would also be demonstrated beforehand, successfully or unsuccessfully, by a professional stuntman. Uh, and the climax of the show. All right, you guys got to help me out with this because I'm, I don't, I don't think I agree with the format they're going with here. In the climax of the show, the contestant then attempts to complete the dare. If successful, they win the major prize. If they fail or they decide to drop out, co-host Tanya Zayeda will then try to complete the dare instead. Right? You with me so far? All right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. If she succeeds in the dare, the contestant forfeits the prize. If she fails or declines to do the stunt, the contestant then wins the prize. I think you should be out of winning the prize once you say, I'm not going to do the stunt. No, no, I can't. No, no. <laughs> oh, no, no, it's not for me. No, I'm sorry, though. No, I can't. Yeah. Then you don't get shit, Brody. Yeah. Don't deserve anything, Brody. Then what's, then what's Tanya's job? Yeah, so Tanya hangs out, and then she just has a crack at it if you decide you're not into it that day. Yeah. During the show, each major dare is bookended by several minor segments in which Whitney travels the streets and shopping malls of Australia, challenging people <laughs> to complete a lesser dare for a cash prize, usually around 50 to $200. <laughs> so good. <laughs> so Hi, mate. We've set up a trampoline on the bottom floor here. If you'll jump off the third floor down onto that trampoline, I'm going to give you a pineapple and a lobster. That's right. 70 bucks could be yours. <laughs> I'll buy you a 23-inch television. Because <laughs> it is 1996. 
And the show's uh, name was taken from the SAS's. <laughs> um, Is it true? Yeah, I think so, right? Fuck. This may range, the dares may range from sticking a hand into a container full of cockroaches or having all their hair shaved off to more complex dares, such as tightrope walking above a mall foyer or diving <laughs> off a 10-meter platform into a pool. How do you do that in a mall? <laughs> All right, you're going to do the dare for 50 bucks? Get in this car. We're going to take you to this <laughs> Olympic diving platform. We're going to the Werribee Aquarabee. Uh, Who Dares Wins, screened in over 50 countries around the world. It continues to be popular on cable television networks such as AXN. In particular, the show's massive success in India even led to a series of India-based specials hosted by Whitney and Zayeda in 2002. And later, an Indian spin-off called Extreme Damaka in 2003. Oh, I fucking love this. Mike Whitney being like, hey, mate, here you go. Here's a thousand rupee if you jump (laughs) off the Jantar Mantar directly to this pool. (laughs) <laughs> Good on ya. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right, just to just as a little coda to this, uh, I want to uh, want to introduce you to the Maxibon Challenge. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> at the height of the show's popularity, Mike Whitney introduced the Maxibon Challenge, a minor segment, uh, a minor segment challenge to eat a Nestle Maxibon ice cream in thirty seconds. I don't Every think I week, can do it. Whitney would test the medal of the Australian public. <laughs> That's like four bites. Yeah, if a contestant, like oh, so you reckon you could do it, hey? I you easily you're up to it, mate. No way. Oh, here's fifty bucks. Because if you win, you get fifty bucks and you get dubbed a Whitney warrior. Fuck. That's so I mean, good. actually, a, a lot of evidence is coming out now that the the way the Whitney warriors behaved in Afghanistan was. Not. <laughs> <laughs> A lot of I, sorry, I was just immediately imagining um, him giving me that title and then going like straight to a military supply place and buying a uniform <laughs> and just just starting uh, valor stealing immediately. What if you're from a country where you don't have the Maxibon? What a tragedy. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> Do we need to describe the Maxibon for the uninitiated? Oh, I thought that was you... Segwaying into the regional bullshit theme. Oh, I forgot we were doing a podcast. Yeah. (laughs) This is just how guys talk when they're hanging out. Just how guys talk. Have we been recording this whole time? (laughs) Oh, I'm sorry. We're just friends. And you know who our fourth friend is? You. It's you. The listener. And our fifth is Lucy. Yeah. She's sort of like the uh, Neil Innes of this episode of Bunta Vista. He Who's was the usually guy the Neil like, Innes of? <laughs> I don't know who it is either. If that Neil helps. Innes is usually the Neil Innes of Monty Python, but he was like the sixth, the seventh member after Carol Cleveland. Yeah. After like is, all the ones you remember. So yeah. after... There's the five English ones. There's the one American one. There's Carol Cleveland. Then there's Neil Innes. Okay. Just looking at this guy and like now I'm having a Berenstain Bears moment where I'm just like, they've put this guy into all these old photos of Monty Python. <laughs> shoved him into the background as a cool yeah. yeah, I know all that Eric Idle. Yep, he's there. Terry Gilliam's there. And who the fuck is that guy? Thought I'd watched a lot of that show. Jeez. 
Oh, he's in uh, in Monty Python the Holy Grail. He's the minstrel that is following Sir Robin around and oh, yeah. singing so, the songs about his Sir Robin did boldly yeah. run away, okay. etc. Yeah. And if you uh, want to find out more about Monty Python the Holy Grail, ask anyone you know that plays a lot of Dungeons and Dragons to yeah. recite some of the gags for you. I'll be able to help you out. Yeah. Yep. The Maxibon ice cream sandwich. A treat that is available only in some regions. It's time for regional bullshit. Regional bullshit. Every little town has got their own bullshit. Regional bullshit. Every little town has just got to have it. Sorry, Ben, you uh, pointed out the segue. I wasn't just going to let it go to waste, you know? Thank you. I appreciate yeah. that. We use every segue here. Snout to tail. Yeah, yep. absolutely. <laughs> Making segue stock with all the leftover bits. From WMTW, the woman's were. Women mowing their own way. <laughs> <laughs> That's what that stands for. <laughs> Surprising new movement. In Maine, no more sea goddess. Oh. Hmm. Maine Lobster Fest event goes gender neutral. Yeah. yeah. Uh, now I'm on the sea goddess <laughs> diet. That's pretty sexy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the Maine Lobster Festival. Oh, what about the lesser ones? Yeah. Huh? yeah. God, the the Maine Lobster fun. Festival has yada, announced yada. a change to its coronation event. Historically known as the Sea Goddess Coronation, the event will now be opening up participation to anyone ages 16 to 22. Organizers say the new title for the representative will be Maine Lobster Festival Delegate. That fucking sucks. That's, yeah. They like, really, I'm, like, like I'm, I'm, I'm on board with what's happening. Right? I'm glad they opened it totally up. Totally on board. Totally I've been on board. saying this for as long as I've known about the Maine Lobster Fest Sea Goddess, I've been arguing... Hey, what about our guys? What about our our non-binary friends? Mm. Sea deity, done. I just yeah, I think just because you're taking the word goddess out, just because you're yeah. going gender neutral, doesn't mean you have to take away all the glamour. You know, yeah, it's clearly a night about glamour. When have you ever heard the word delegate and been like, ooh, oh, he's a they're they're a delegate. Mm. I didn't <laughs> I didn't realize that delegate had the most beautiful hair I'd ever seen. Literally the first time that sentence has ever been uttered. <laughs> I'm very excited for the swimsuit portion of the delegate coronation. Did you hear that um Craig has been seeing a delegate? <laughs> I just feel like he's <laughs> punching a little bit above his weight. <laughs> Organizers uh, say that the new title will be that sucky one and that applicants can include anyone, quote, who is passionate about being an advocate for Maine's lobster industry, regardless of gender. Huh. Yeah. <laughs> what are their roles? What are, what are their responsibilities? What are their duties? Yeah. What do they have to do to advocate for Maine's lobster industry? Well, what if, what if it turns out that it's just like a 21-year-old fisherman you know, yeah. and he's and he's in his he's in his waders and his he's got his beanie on, 
And he says, boy, I sure do love working on the fishing boat, catching lobsters for you fine folk. Yeah. That's, that's, that's fitting the role, right? Yeah. Wow. We're going to have to follow up on this one to find out uh, Oh, who, who gets crowned? Yeah, I absolutely want to know how this turns out. Do they have a? Does the delegate still get a crown, or do they just get like a handshake and a briefcase? Oh yeah, yeah coronated yeah. anymore? Oh, that's an interesting point. I I'm fearing that they're not going to get a sash at all. Yeah, hmm. just one like, of those little triangular like desk title <laughs> things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> they put in front of themselves in the UN. It says at their name and then. The buck stops here. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. Now, no, Theo, they just give you the strip with your name embossed on it, and they're like, uh, you have to provide your own uh, holder to slot it into. Yeah. We're not made of money. Festival directors surveyed the local community and students, and the feedback showed overwhelming support for updating and expanding the tradition to allow more young people to participate. They are also increasing the prize money. Savvy young people. Mm-hmm. The thing we like is all being able to have a go and money. Give, give me money. The event will also include updates on the quote, no, sorry, on the hashtag Save Maine Lobster Man campaign. <laughs> <laughs> Lobster Man is innocent. <laughs> <laughs> we will not rest until Lobster Man's conviction is overturned appeal. and he is released. There was a story that I didn't end up including in the notes for whatever reason from a couple of weeks ago that was about like Maine's oldest lobster man, but who is a like a ninety-something-year-old woman. Uh, just a what is going on? What are you? What the fuck are you talking about? A lobsterman is a lobster fisherman. Oh, yeah, a lobsterman. Yeah, lobster person. Like an elderman. Yeah. Really ripe for a parody of the Primus song, John the Fisherman, John the Lobsterman, and all the lyrics are more sort of lobster-focused. If you are, you're listening to this and you want to get the karaoke version of John the Fisherman by Primus and then do a (laughs) lobster-style parody over the top, please send that into mailbag at buntavista.com. If you are under 30... Primus is a band. <laughs> Primus is uh, maybe the worst band you'll ever hear, and they also rule <laughs> extremely hard. They're actually the only band who have their own ID3 genre tag, and it's just Primus, because yeah. they're like their own thing. Sort of the, the bassist is sort of like the lead. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, is because instead of just being like, boom, ba dum ba dum he's sort of like, but not in the annoying way. That the Red Hot Chili Peppers are. And also, he so was true. almost the bass player for Metallica, but they rejected him because Fuck. he was too talented. Can you imagine? <laughs> too damn cool. <laughs> That's what the story is. Can you imagine? They should get him to play for the Mars Volta. Oh, my God. Imagine if Les Claypool played in Tool. Yeah. I mean, Tool already have a pretty good bassist. <laughs> mm. <laughs> this has been the uh. 30-something-year-old man hour. Yeah, if you'd like Which to learn more... This is actually a segment that's coming up shortly. Yeah, Lucy would never let this happen. No. She no. would bully us all until we stopped. Yeah. She's anyway, if here. you'd like to learn more about Redneck Bootsy Collins, uh, yeah. find out about Primus. Go to, your, go to your MP3 one. library and sort by Primus. It, it's yeah. the only band with its own <laughs> ID3 genre tag. 
That was oh, true my. 15 years ago. Haven't really looked into ID3 tags since They're probably then. going strong. They're probably going strong. All the contestants will share their ideas <laughs> on how they can support the main lobster festival and the lobster industry. Get fucking Les Claypool down here. Yeah. Oh Are my they, god. He he loves look, fishing. He loves fishing. Got his own, doesn't he have a TV show? A fishing TV show? Hmm. Yeah. 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 No, I'm I knew this was a, a fucking real thing. That Les Claypool and uh and Dean Ween from Ween co hosted a fishing show. God damn, that's too really <laughs> <laughs> Uh, <laughs> now, if you're under 30, we miss. <laughs> yeah, this is sort of kind of the go fuck yeah. yourself episode. <laughs> oh. Ween kind of like unironically rules, though. Yeah, no, oh, Ween yeah. kind of sucks more than anything. Um, <laughs> no. And not in a way that rules either. No, <laughs> sorry, you're wrong about that one, bro. <laughs> this is a surprise. <laughs> <laughs> They're kind of like the uh, the Beatles of... Uh, being kind of weird. Oh, God damn. Yeah. Beatles of getting high. Mm. Uh, <laughs> I reckon they were odd when they were writing those songs. Oh, shut up. <laughs> uh, the drug that makes you bad at writing music. <laughs> the first main Lobster Festival uh, delegate will be chosen on the opening night of the festival on August 2nd, 2023, along with a Miss slash Mr. Congeniality. Well... That's you've fucked up, haven't yep, you? Yep, By making yep. it like it gender all, all irrespective. Yeah. yeah. Don't you've just made it a binary thing now. So anyone can be the delegate, but only men and women can be Miss or Mr. Congeniality. When's NB congeniality? Hmm? hmm? They them congeniality. Mix congeniality. Yeah. 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 Apologies, I've only read that those letters online. I don't think anyone's ever actually had to say it out loud. We're the first people to do that. Yeah, so brave. The winner will receive a cash prize of $2,000. The runner-up will receive $1,000. And the congeniality person will receive $500. All participants will receive a $100 donation to be given to the local non-profit of their choice. Oh, that's nice. Oh. What about the congenialist? Yeah. Yeah. Like the mentalist? Yeah, or like the uh, Ian Banks novel, The Algebraist. Yeah, I was going to say, it sounds like, it sounds like a Warren Zevon <laughs> album. Yeah, The Congenialist. <laughs> I bet you're thinking to yourself, boy, this podcast has really found itself in a hole. And you'd be right. <laughs> yeah. It's time to investigate the hole in this week's Hole Report. Ready to get your hole looked into? Spacesuit design for NASA. Who? The person who did that that theme for us. Yeah, (laughs) that's true. (laughs) We are we are constantly having to deal with this. Fuck! What was the one that got us? Dichotomy. Anytime we say, "Oh, well, I doubt you're a surgeon," but if you are, can you answer this question? Someone immediately. Oh, that was the the person that uh, has done a bunch of papers on uh, 
racial discrimination in facial recognition algorithms. She's like, damn, you're too smart to be listed to this podcast. Yeah, that's right. Check out um, any of those BBC pop science podcasts. That's probably more your speed. No, Check he already knows. It's probably more your speed. <laughs> yeah, I don't mean that in the insulting way. I mean that in the wear the low gear. you got to get up into the upper... This is sort of the remedial class. Yeah, yeah, but maybe, maybe for some people though, this is their watching the wrestling. You know, yeah. maybe this is their. I just kind of get to turn my turn my Well, brain there's off actually for a pretty hour. complex meta narrative happening with the wrestling <laughs> that rewards. A... <laughs> you guys see 30. Vince McMahon's mustache? No, no. He's back, baby, and he's got a little pencil he mustache. Was gone? I oh, even he shouldn't be. Sick. Oh, he was gone because of all of the all of the. All of the hush money for all of the sexual stuff. Oh. Vince McMahon, uh, notoriously bad guy for decades. Not a good guy. Not a good person. And it's been that way for as long as any of us can remember. This comes to us from KCCI. (laughs) The Coochie. Oh, the Coochie. The Coochie in Des Moines, Iowa. Must see. (laughs) A large sinkhole in Iowa has grown. Oh. Got a lot going on down there? Holes getting bigger. This is the tourism <laughs> pitch for Des Moines, Iowa. Our sinkhole I mean, has got a bit bigger. I bigger dare than you bigger than yesterday. Tomorrow's to gonna name, be bigger again. Name a single thing about Iowa without mentioning the band Slipknot. Yeah. Check out the album Iowa by Mm. Yeah. Yeah. What's a in s- Iowa? Like, what's a traditional Iowan thing? What's a notable... Corn? Or is that a corn? I'm thinking corn. I think Iowa has corn, but it's not Iowa's like the, the one in the wrong state. spot or in the right spot? No, it's the not- one that you believe is in the wrong state uh, <laughs> is in the wrong spot is you think Ohio is in the wrong Ohio. spot. Ohio. Yeah. And that's what we're talking about. No, we're talking about Iowa, which is also not Ohio- Idaho. Iowa. I- Idaho has famous potatoes. That's the thing that's on their number of plates. Iowa hasn't yeah. got shit. Yeah, it's got a got a town called Des Moines. I've been to Iowa. I don't remember any of it. I have no memories of Iowa. Well, uh, just so that you know, uh, Iowa is in fact the leading corn producing state in the United States. Yeah, okay. Mm. Then why is the world's only corn palace... In Mitchell, South Dakota. They're trying to trying to steal some of Iowa's thunder, clearly. They know they can't compete with them on uh, production and quality of corn. And of course, according to this corn FAQs page from iowacorn.org. <laughs> this podcast is so good. I was really worried we were going to run out of stories this episode. I guess I was wrong. <laughs> I thought the intro was going to go for 30 seconds. It went for 17 minutes. Here's a, a question, episode, by the way. <laughs> here's a question that we're all frequently asking about Iowa's corn. Why yeah. is corn Iowa's leading crop? Yeah, probably because they plant so much of it. Yeah, because the US government subsidizes it. Yeah. Uh, corn is <laughs> a great sentence for somebody to have written down. Corn has been the top crop in Iowa for more than 150 years running. And that's not because Iowa farmers just can't think of anything better to grow. Oh, come on. Now you're just inviting the question, aren't you? (laughs) It's because Iowa is the best place on the planet to grow corn. 
That is a okay. bold statement. Right. What about the places where corn originated? Like no, like those Central were America? shit. <laughs> they were doing it wrong the whole time. Where's corn indigenous to? I think it's Iowa. Yeah, it's probably uh, Iowa. So, so they're doing about two and a half billion bushels of corn on twelve point nine million acres of land. You do the math. <laughs> because we wouldn't even know where to start. <laughs> Mexico. Corn is indigenous to Mexico. Anyway, I believe I have sufficiently answered the question, what do you think of when you think of Iowa? It's corn. But we could be thinking of something else soon. A big yeah. hole. Yeah. A county official. A hole where the corn used to be. <laughs> There's a lot of corn around here. A county official, the man that the government set out with a badge... Very sweaty, rumpled shirt, tie knot, a bit too loose, kind of a Rodney Dangerfield vibe. Driving Can- a Ford Laser. <laughs> a nineteen ninety eight Ford Laser. A county official said the sinkhole is now forty feet wide and ten feet larger than it was last week. He said, giving a thumbs oh, up for some reason. Yeah. <laughs> like they're bragging, you know? Most people think it's bad to have a big hole appear and get bigger, right? Do they want yeah. it to be all of Iowa? What if they lose their precious corn growing area? Yeah, big hole though. No, oh, you're coming from miles around to look at it, you know? Yeah. County officials there didn't know how it started or if it would spread. <laughs> as in the hole get bigger or as in more holes start popping up? Yeah, the whole problem they're talking about, the whole phenomenon. Yeah. Yeah. Later this week, the Iowa Geological Society will be there to study it. What the fuck else do they have going on? Corn. They're too busy? Yeah. Sorry, we can't (laughs) come and look at the steadily growing mysterious sinkhole. We have other rocks to look at. (laughs) I'm like, is, is anybody else picturing just... Like farms surrounding it and people sitting on the back porch in their rocking chair looking at the hole saying, looks bigger than yesterday. Classic Iowa accent. Yep. Yep. It looks bigger than yesterday. Isn't this what that fucking, (laughs) that show that just came out in the last two years was about? The one with Josh Brolin? The one with Josh Brolin. Isn't that exactly what the plot of that is? Haven't watched it. It's not Tremors. It's called like The Range or something. Strange Range. range. Outer Range. Outer Range. The Weird Spooky Range. They should make a show. Kick off Iowa tourism with a a docudrama about this hole called The Spooky Hole. Yeah. The Spooky Iowan Hole. Yeah. The hole that got bigger. Yeah. No, I don't think you want to market it as spooky, right? I think that's a mistake. You don't want the to market friendly the whole hole. Well, if you market the whole as spooky, <laughs> then you're only going to get goths coming to look at it, and that's a niche market. Oh, true. Yeah. You're going to get you're going to get goths. You're going to get um, goths who want to fuck near it. Yeah. And like maybe goths doing an OnlyFans video near it, and that's not going to be enough to sustain or, or to replace the income from the corn if the whole no, thing's you, getting No, you can only make $10,000 in I got fingered near the hole shirts. I reckon. Oh, that's pretty good actually. Yeah. I reckon I reckon you market it you market it as being <laughs> like get in the hole. <laughs> you you market it uh, as being like Iowa's Grand Canyon except 
if you show up and pay five bucks, the whole family can throw in as much shit as they want. Is the whole family the family that lives closest to the hole? <laughs> Who? Who gains sovereignty over the hole? <laughs> I guess well, if, no if, if, the if hole it, is the devil's dominion. <laughs> I think Iowa owns it until the hole gets big enough to like cross a border. I would say by definition, the hole is federal property, not part of Iowa because it's a hole in Iowa. And who owns everything outside of Iowa? The Illuminati. (laughs) So I was going to say that Iowa already have a film or TV or whatever, uh, Children of the Corn. That's actually set in uh, somewhere else, Nebraska. But it was filmed in Iowa. Yeah, the thing is, so there's like... Them, um, didn't there's get like them coming, but I got them going. 14 states in America that, like, only grow corn? Yeah. So, like, a lot of them of the are kind ethanol. of the corn state? Yeah. And because of the high fructose corn syrup. And because Some of how of the... delicious popcorn is. Although that's a different species of corn. Oh, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> I, I really like this. This question on the corn FAQs. Is all the corn grown in Iowa sweet corn? Answer. You wish. <laughs> what? Why? <Yeah>. <laughs> Who would wish that? God, I hope they have yeah. a monoculture. You of wish, corn. but no, some of it sucks. Some of it is just for it. biodiesel. Less than 1%, or only about 3,400 acres of sweet corn, is grown in Iowa each year. Most of oh. the corn you see growing in Iowa is field corn, which is used to make fuel, feed, food, and thousands of other dog shit products. Yeah. Holy fuck, America sucks ass. All the stuff Thank you for the bad. national parks and for the good beers. And all that And for inventing corn. barbecue. But goddamn, the rest of your shit sucks so bad. Are you tired of paying nothing for the same old superior quality free episodes of the Bunta Vista podcast? Do you want less politics and more content about diarrhea or animals gone wild? Are you tired of skipping through those hours upon hours of paid product placement for Mark Wahlberg film Shooter? Well, boy, do I have the offer of a lifetime for you. That's right, for just five US dollars a month, you too can be a premium VIP member of the Bunta Vista Patreon. That's right, just five US dollars for all of our bonus episodes. That's over 300 hours of content from the hosts you know and definitely tolerate. I'll even throw in access to our glamorous and exclusive Discord server, where bizarre arguments only happen once or twice a week at most. Head to patreon.com slash buntavista. Sign up in the next five minutes and I won't know because that's not my job, but you'll be enjoying the sweet satisfaction of supporting us, and we will love you romantically for it. That's my promise to you. We love to see it. Hey, speaking of uh, shit that sucks so bad and is, uh, and is for men over 30 uh, yeah. who went to gigs in the 90s, yeah. it's time to check in on the band live in this week's Live Watch. <laughs> really missed something there didn't i yeah you weren't on the episode that makes this make sense but um i'm also not going to provide context so this is a context clues this is fine this is a tip that was sent into us uh by maybe the only listener to this podcast that i'm slightly starstruck by um this is a lovely man named matt who owns and runs a video store in atlanta georgia uh called videodrome um, that's like one of the, I think it might be the only video store in Atlanta. 
Uh, very cool independent video store that's been running for a really long time. They do a ton of cool shit. Uh, he sent me a link to a very long, very interesting story about how the band live is being torn apart by a falling out between all the band members, possibly due to a series of scams. That's not what we're going to talk about. Because he mm-hmm. also sent me a link to two websites. The first is Live's official website, which has the URL freaksforlive.com. So cool. It's amazing. That's, that's a real fucking 90s URL right there. But I think, do they have an album or a song called Freaks? Right? I think Freaks might be the name of a song by Live. Um, but he it also is, he is. sent me a, a link to... Uh, the live fan forums, fansoflive.com, which is still active. And I just wanted to, this is, we're not doing a deep dive on this. I just wanted to take the temperature of what the live fandom is like um, in the 2000s. So here's, <laughs> here's a smattering of different threads. So someone started a thread uh, under the title, Heaven? Uh, And it reads as thus, Does anyone love the song Heaven? Do you go to a show really wanting to hear Heaven? It's pretty much become a skip for me. I like the message, but to me the song is just blah. I wish they'd drop it from all their concerts and feature something else. Do you guys know this song off the top of your head? No, I know. Lightning Crashes. Yeah. So this one is a sort of very Christian rocky song where it's like, the chorus is like, some about, I don't need anyone to tell me about heaven. I look at my daughter and I believe. That's a very Christian rock sounding anthem. Yeah. Here are two replies to that. The first here. I'm indifferent, but on the Facebook groups, there seem to be a lot of people who like it. Last show I went to, my friend said it's his friend's favorite song. My college roommate's girlfriend also really liked it. <laughs> really... So you've got two people removed from you. There's a person that likes it. And also someone from far back in your past, their partner likes it. That's very cool. So I just had to check check that this song wasn't on the album Throwing Copper because that is the only one that I would have heard. Throwing Copper is the good one. So that checks out. Yep. It's the one with the, the big singles. Yeah. Although there are some people in the Discord who have and will argue that there are good songs on other albums, and that is occasionally true. Hey. Uh, also, something that Matt revealed when he messaged me is that is the last concert he went to before COVID. <laughs> uh, it was a live concert. Incredible. Uh, second reply to this I like the song. I'll always remember my grandfather passing away in the middle of the night getting into my car to go be with my family, and heaven came on first when I hit shuffle on my iPhone. Really makes you think. That's just beautiful. That is transcendent. Got another post here. There's a thread started under the title, Live Fan Demographics. I've had a YouTube channel for nearly 10 years, and YouTube provides some in-depth analytics about the video, so I thought I'd share them with the live community. Uh, Here are some stats. Total number of videos, 79. Number of live-related videos, 76. Really want to know what those other three videos are. I'm deeply curious. (laughs) Total number of views, 1.8 million. So he's doing all right. Doing okay for himself. Uh, Here are some stats from the last year. Gender. 83% 83% of viewers are male. <laughs> 17% of viewers are female. 
location. 27% are from the USA. Makes a lot of sense. 24% are from the Netherlands. <laughs> yep. Checks out. It all checks out. How is this the runner-up country for live? <laughs> the next closest is Brazil at 10%. Yeah. Come to Brazil, sweetie. Come to Brazil, Ed Kowalczyk. 5% are from Australia. Don't we have like the same fucking population as the the Netherlands? What are they working with over there? I'm just I'm just looking at fucking Live's Wikipedia page and there's a uh, there's a photo of them playing live. Ed's holding his holding his mic out. Uh they got the other members of the band, the lead guitarist is wearing an Ed Hardy t shirt. All everyone else is wearing a shirt, Ed is not. Uh and the the caption of this image reads the band live playing live at the 2008 DC 101 chili cook-off. <laughs> <laughs> Just, yeah, have you ever been so quickly transported to a place and got exactly the vibe mm-hmm. of the kind of outdoor show that live was playing? That's, that's so fucking perfect. Um... Before we move to the next post, are you guys aware of the uh, of the Fight Club link? Yes, I said that in the last episode. Okay, and, uh, fine, all right. Just everyone <laughs> looked at me like I was crazy. Yeah, all right. Um, so fine. just to to backtrack again, uh, the Netherlands has a population of seventeen point nine million. Yeah, which means we are one point four times as big as the Netherlands. Yeah. of the views are coming from Australia, which means people from the Netherlands are five times 1.4. So what's that? That's like seven, eight. They are eight times as likely to be a fan of the band live as people from Australia are. (laughs) And that feels statistically rigorous to me. Eight times more. checks out. The live factor... Of Australia is one, because that's obviously <laughs> the base. Yeah. The live factor of the Netherlands is eight. That's fucking crazy. Uh, 4% of the viewers are from Belgium. That's the last on the list. Age demographics. 0.4% of the listeners are between 13 and 17. Oh, see where this is going. <laughs> yeah. 4.2% are between 18 and 24. Twenty-four percent. Enjoying the thought of a of a teenager being super into life. Oh my god! You're like twenty-one. You're listening to Lakini's Juice for yeah, the first I'm a bit time. Of an old you're soul. like, oh my god. Where fishes go? Have you heard this? I just love classic rock. God. Twenty-one percent uh, are between forty-five and fifty-four. Four point nine percent are between fifty-five and sixty-four. One point five percent are sixty-five years and older. Forty-four percent are between thirty-five and forty-four. No, that's, that's not right, right, baby. Nothing that's in not history right. has ever made more sense than that number. I, f- I feel ill. I don't feel good. Forty-four <laughs> percent of something that is broken into. Seven age categories. Uh, here's one reply to that thread. Very interesting. The only surprising statistic is the lack of female fans. I would say it's at least 50-50 at shows. It isn't. It is 100% not. That's not surprising at all. You've seen three women at a live show and you've been like, yeah, 
A lot of chicks here. Damn. I uh, got another thread here. Um, this is my final one. This one is titled Ed with Fred Durst Picture. Uh, it reads, sorry to create a topic for this, but I remember someone used to have this pic. Hmm. Who could share it with me? <laughs> I th- Let me just say, oh, this, the old is, Ed and Fred. this is yeah. really putting the internet to good use, you know, to reach well, you- out and say, I have imagined a picture. I have conjured an image in my mind. Can anyone tell me if the image is real? <laughs> yeah. And supply the image to me. These days you just Google it and see if it exists, but instead you have to go to a forum and say, sorry to create a topic for this, but I remember someone used to have this pic. Who could share it with me? Arguably a better time. I have three replies to this. First reply. I don't know if it's a picture, but they were both on Ease, the the TV channels, celebrities uncensored standing next to each other. So that's good. Useful. Okay, yeah, got a lead. Got doesn't have going. <laughs> doesn't have the picture. Another reply. I remember this about that show. Every celebrity's name was under their picture when they showed the footage of them, except two question marks. You guessed it, Eddie K, which is what we call Ed Kowalczyk, the lead singer of Live. Like he was just some Polish yucko trying to get Fred Durst's autograph. <laughs> is that classic <laughs> anti-Polish discrimination we've come to expect? Yeah. What an odd detail to throw in there. <laughs> e, the TV channel, treated Ed Kowalczyk like he was some random Polish yucko. More than one person saying, I remember that episode of E from the 90s. <laughs> yeah, can't help you though. Uh, and then finally, I have this one here. No, it was actually a video of Ed, Fred and Paris Hilton. Ed was wearing his cowboy hat 1999 style, and all three were getting into a backseat of a car. Also, no picture attached. The same backseat? Yeah, I guess. That's cozy. Uh, also, there was one person posted a photo in there, but the link is dead, so I can't tell if it's actually the photo that they were looking for. You know when you're wearing your cowboy hat 1999 style? Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah, drippy as hell. Back. You can wear yeah, a cowboy hat right be. now, 1999 style. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Got to get the angle right. Got to get the bootcut jeans on. You know? Yeah. That's right, folks. If you are from the Netherlands, you are eight times more likely than us to enjoy the band live. It's time to head over there and see what else is wrong with them in Netherlands Watch. <laughs> Everybody, I'm from Holland. Isn't that weird? Or Dutch Corner. If you are maintaining the Wikipedia, you will have to put both of them in for this episode. From the NL Times. Mandatory bike helmet law likely in the long run, says Dutch Association. They all got together. The Dutch. Yeah, the Dutch Association. That's right. There is a good chance that the Netherlands will eventually introduce a law make it mandatory for bicyclists to wear a helmet, said Dutch traffic organization ANWB. The Schietbeltel wants also a piece of advice. I expect we will go through the same process for the bicycle helmet in the Netherlands, said Marga de Jager, (laughs) the ANWB board chair. Come on, one more time. 
Maga de Yaga. It's a beautiful Yaga? name. Could be Yaga. Maga you know? de Yaga would be a it beautiful name better. for a girl. It feels <laughs> You name your daughter Maga de Yaga and then you find out that like it's the most popular name in 2023. <laughs> ah, fuck. A lot of Maga de Yagas in your class. Yeah. <laughs> Maga de Yaga S I was talking to. <laughs> Yaga said this on Tuesday at the newest Burt Press Center in The Hague at the presentation of figures about road deaths by Statistics Netherlands, the CBS. The support society for making a helmet mandatory for those on a bike is, quote, quite low, according to Yaga. <laughs> Other traffic organizations, such as Cyclist Union Fietersbond, also think that making helmets compulsory will actually lead people to use their bicycles less often. Yeah. Yeah, this is like the Netherlands's like gun thing. Yeah, or where they're driving. just like you can take it from my cold, dead hands. No, you can put one in my cold, dead hands. <laughs> people get so mad if you suggest that maybe people should have to wear helmets on a bicycle. And right now, somebody listening to this is in the process of getting mad. Yeah, I I think there's a bunch of things out there where. It makes sense to me that a government should ha- should say, look, we need to come up with something that we can just say, this is the rule, yeah. you know? Very similar to, I think, like the, the advice you get around like eating when you're pregnant, like around soft cheeses and, and you know, all just the... Just a hard and fast rule. Yeah, and yeah. alcohol and all that sort of stuff. It's Where it applies to I mean, everyone except me. Yeah, and... <laughs> And like, it, you know, yes, you could sort of say, oh, well, with like soft cheese, it kind of depends on like where you are and how it was prepared and all that sort of stuff. And with alcohol, actually, you know, you can have like a glass of wine or whatever and the percentage of alcohol that's making its yeah. way to your breast milk is like microscopic. It's, it's, you know, what we actually mean is you shouldn't be drinking a bunch and over a long period of time, that kind of stuff. It's way easy to just say, don't Everyone drink. Everyone stops listening at this point. So, yeah, 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 yeah. Instead, don't drink alcohol. Don't smoke cigarettes. Yeah. Don't eat Where, things that can give you food poisoning, right? I think it's the same thing for helmets. If you're on a bike, unless you are Ben McClay of Orkinfowl, yeah. Queensland, you've had like two beers and you just want to feel the wind in your hair while you're riding on a bike. Oh, and then man. it's fine. <clears throat> That's the thing that they won't tell you. That the fucking fascist bureaucrats at Queensland Health won't admit that riding on a bike without a helmet on feels incredible. Oh, yeah, it, it feels, feels great. Dope. It That's... feels great. And like, I'm... Don't get I'm, us wrong. And again, different contexts, you know? If you're just, if you're just riding, riding down the street to your kid's school, pick them up from school, it's fine. Going not very far away. Uh, but as a person who has had at least two accidents on a bike uh, where I was very injured... Boy, was I glad I was wearing yeah. a helmet. I got, yeah. I got so injured when I came off my bike. Oh, and I had a helmet on. I banged my skull real bad. Long-time listeners of this podcast will remember the Theo bike incident era <laughs> of, t- of 2017. That fucked you I up pretty bad. Flipped my shit and landed headfirst oh, on the concrete. And, and like when you're an adult, all your shit's getting brittle. Yeah. You know? People have heard me over, over recent months talking about my new fear of ladders and all that kind yeah, of thing. My shit's brittle as fuck, dude. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I've I've had a couple, and like obviously I'm going to be wearing a helmet if in one instance I was riding like in traffic to work. Fine, you're on the street with cars, all that sort of stuff. 
Absolutely wear a helmet. Because uh, I got jacked the fuck up and came way off that bike and I landed on my head and shoulder. And it cracked a chunk off the back of my helmet, you know? And I was like, oh. hey, my whole body hurts and my head is fine. But that could it. have been a bit of your skull that cracked yeah. off. And they are designed to f- break on impact because it absorbs the force of the, the blow. So that's a good sign that your helmet yeah. broke. Oh, and that it, it, did the, it did the thing. So, you know, yeah. wear one, don't wear one. Whatever. I guess yeah. we're really coming down on a, like, be safe, but, <laughs> I, but be safe, but don't be a pussy. I think that's the... <laughs> yeah, I think the official opinion of this podcast is that, by and large, it should be mandatory to wear a helmet on a bike. But come on, light yeah, up. Unless, yeah. You, yeah. unless you don't want it. Sometimes you've had a couple look of beers. Uncool. Yeah. Yeah. No, I had a couple of beers and rode a bike home one time, and I did go... Uh, the wind feels good on my face. It's nighttime and I've had like a handful of pints. <laughs> and my eyes are closed and all I can feel is the rush of movement. I absolutely closed my eyes for a second, feel that beautiful breeze. And I immediately started turning and rode straight into the gutter and fell right down and got, <laughs> got very hurt. And I was glad I was wearing my helmet. <clears throat> so we're worried that they're going to use their bicycles less often. Quote, young people are now choosing the fat bike because of the helmet requirement. God you know damn. what you're doing, warned director Esther Van Garderen. <laughs> a fat bike is an electric-assisted bicycle with thicker tires. Don't call it that. <laughs> Don't call it the fat bike. That's an electric bike. Young people are now choosing the fat bike because of the helmet requirement. Know what you're doing, warned director Esther Van Garderen. So who is she saying that to? What is the portent? Mind how you go. <laughs> what are you talking about? Because of the helmet requirement, they're what? choosing electric assisted bicycles? But surely they have to wear helmets on those too. Surely. Hmm. Statistics Netherlands calculated that the number of cycling deaths rose from 207 in 2021 to 291 last year, the majority of whom were cyclists over the age of 75. Oh Jesus my God. Christ. Well, everyone rides bikes there. Look. Because it's beautiful. Look, yes, but given what we were just saying about, like, I'm 40 now and the yeah. idea of having the kind of fall that I had, like, yep. you know, 10 years ago I'm, terrifies me. I'm picturing the fall that I had where I went head over the handlebars and landed, yeah. like, vertically on my skull, except with a 75-year-old and it just going into, like, Mortal Kombat X-ray vision. Yep. <laughs> and their entire... Entire spine just shattering from you're just head to tailbone. You are immediately exploding on impact like the frozen T one thousand to a fine powder. It's oh. tinkling, tinkling on the road. Seventy five. Damn. Statistics Netherlands said it suspects the increase is partly due to the rise of the e bike, the treacherous e bike. It must be made clear why people should opt for a helmet, added CBS researcher Ruben van Galen. On Wednesday, the bicycle helmet will be the focus of a day of action. Doctors and organizations in the field of safety, like Hersenstichting and Velik, uh, have again insisted on the need for mandatory bicycle helmets. This can significantly reduce the risk of injuries, including brain trauma, and especially for children and e-bikers. 
Since January, helmets are compulsory for scooters everywhere in the Netherlands. Just fucking put it on. Come on. Yeah, I realize it's like a cultural thing that they've been doing this forever and it's very nice. And I would, I love the casualness of like just being able to get on a bike and ride without the incredible embarrassment of wearing a helmet. But at the same time, what are you fucking doing over there? Sort your shit out. Yeah, like, you know, if you break your arm, that's going to suck, right? Yeah. No, no two ways about it. Uh, that's going to stink. But, you know, your arm will get better. Maybe if you're old. If you're old like us and you break your arm, that's probably going to hurt forever. Yeah, that's it for me. Or yeah, if you're I'm like... Done. It, yeah, if you, like, break your elbow or some shit like that, you know, that's, that's really going to suck. Yeah. Giving yourself an acquired brain injury uh, midway through life, you don't want that. Don't do that. That's the yeah. official stance of the podcast, Bunda Vista. Do not give yourself an acquired brain injury through a bicycle accident. That's right. We like to joke a lot, but let us be serious for one <laughs> second. Wear a fucking helmet, unless you really don't want to. That's right. <laughs> unless you don't feel like it, and then don't. <laughs> we report, you decide. <laughs> I'm being deadly serious here. Just wear a fucking helmet unless you think it would be more fun if you weren't wearing one. Yes, unless you want to feel the breeze. Unless you want to look cool. Yeah. It's probably going to slow you down if that's a factor. Yeah. That's right, folks. Ride a bicycle or don't. Helmet or don't. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Kind of like skate or die, you know? Yeah. Ride or don't. Yep. Thanks, everybody. Uh, see you next time. Question yeah. mark. Keep up yeah. the good playful work. Plug this podcast to someone whose relationship you could take or leave. We need to start uh, finishing podcasts like we're wrapping up a date. Hey, uh, yeah, had a lot of fun. You, would you be yet? interested in doing this again sometime? I felt like we had a bit no? of a connection. You seemed like you were laughing a bunch. Yeah, I felt that the energy was great. Maybe you want to plug it to. Someone else? If you want, I don't know. You want to get? Do you want to get crazy and bring yeah. another person into this? How, how we go? How about we go back to your place and we tell your roommate about the podcast? <laughs> they talked a lot about the band live. Yeah, the <laughs> dolphins <laughs> cry. Yeah. Well, see you next week. Bye. Bye bye. Wind's good though. Wind's good though. Yeah. Yeah. Check I, out um, the uh, fucking check out the Lobster, the album by Ween. Yep. Uh, God damn. The mollusk. The mollusk is that who you talking about? The. <laughs> you just saying the Lobster. <laughs> ben, Close. put that at the end of the show. <laughs>